Ephesians chapter number 6, if you found your place and able to, let's stand together for the reading of the Word of God. Ephesians chapter number 6, and uh, this will be my, my fourth message that we've preached out of these verses of Scripture. And so I'm going to start reading, um, if, you can, if we can uh, back it up, probably around verse number 16 is where I'm looking. And uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 16, the Bible says, "...above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God." praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak." And I want to come back and look at this continuation in verse number 18, where he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And uh, we understand this passage of Scripture starting in verse number 10, down through the verses we read are dealing with the spiritual armor that God desires and has provided uh, for each and every one of us. This morning, I want to look at this aspect of it, of praying in the battle and uh, praying in the battle in this context of Scripture. We'll have a word of prayer, and then you can be seated. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for the Word of God. And Lord, I'm, I'm so thankful and appreciate, Lord, that we're able to open the Scriptures, and Lord, that you will make application, Lord, to each and every one of our lives. Lord, do that which only you can do. Lord, the, the heart here that needs encouragement, needs strengthening, Lord, I pray that you would do that throughout this morning. And Lord, if there's one here who doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, then I pray, Lord, that you would be drawing them to yourself. And uh, Lord, that they may have the assurance of a relationship with Almighty God. And Lord, as we look at this subject matter of prayer, we're so thankful for that. And uh, Lord, have your will and way now. Teach us something for our everyday life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. As we close out this Sunday with a few sermons that we've addressed over the past few weeks on being dressed for battle, the reality of spiritual warfare, I believe every one of us um, could probably go back in our lives, not just maybe right now, even though most probably are, but knowing that there is some type of battle, some type of situation that you go through in life on a daily basis. And I, I found out this, it was said to me years ago, and uh, I don't know if it was my dad that, that, that gave me this piece of advice or, or another elderly person older than me at the time that said, listen, be nice to everybody you come in contact with because everybody's having a bad day. <laughs> and everybody's going through something. Have you found that to be true? You start talking to someone and what we may think and, and not to minimalize, minimalize anything that someone may be going through, but I found out this, when I'm going through something, if I just spend some time talking to someone else, then all of a sudden I'm saying, you know what I'm going through really isn't that bad compared 
And so everybody's going through something. Everybody's facing something in life. It may just be something a little different than what you're facing in life. People are at different stages in their life and different stages of their marriage and raising kids and, and uh, then empty nest syndrome and, and then enjoying. Miss Crystal and I packed up and went for a few days up to Vermont, northern Vermont uh, this week. It was a whole lot different than having to pack two kids up and pile all their stuff into the vehicle too for just the two of us to be able to take off. She did make this comment throughout the week though, those few days we were up there. She said, you know, it just seems to be uh, staying a whole lot more picked up and cleaned up when the kids aren't around. And maybe she didn't say when the kids aren't around. Maybe she said when it's just the two of us but I knew what the implication was there. And so we look at things and everybody's at a different stage in their life. Everybody has different things that they're facing and personal battles that they're going through. And I believe in the word of God that we can look at things and, and learn how to address and, and learn how to approach them and learn how most of all to be able to get through them and to be able to have victory coming out the other side. What God maybe doesn't deliver us from, he'll deliver us through. And so as we understand this, and we've gone down through just very briefly the different articles of clothing that God's given to us here for this spiritual battle, we know our loins girt about with truth, the breastplate of righteousness, feet shod, preparation of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit. But I want you to see this. At the end of verse number 17, and I'm not going to give an English lesson because I'm not the one to get up here and teach English, okay, or, or, or pieces of punctuation as we look at it, but I do know enough of this. I do know at the end of verse number 17 is simply a colon, and I do know what that means is that it's a continued thought and they are connected together. He has not put a period and then starting off with a new and different thought as we read throughout the scripture. And so as we look at this, it immediately follows verse number 17, a colon at the end of it, but then the connecting thought to continue on in the subject matter, he says, praying. And I believe this, that it's, it's not just one of the most important parts of what we go through in life, this subject matter of prayer, but I believe in our spiritual armor and our daily habits, I believe it's probably the most forgotten piece because we can get so busy trying to survive, if I can put it that way, that we forget to pause and spend some time with the Lord and spend time in prayer. Yes, put all your armor on to make sure you're ready for the battle that you are facing. But when all your, bat your, your armor is on and you're ready for that, don't forget to pray. Don't forget to spend some time with the Lord. And so I look down through these verses because we know this, and I, I by no means am going to tell you anything earth-shaking or new this morning that you don't already know. If I would ask 
on just about probably every person that's under the sound of my voice this morning. Do you believe that prayer is important? People would say, yes, they believe it is important. And we look at things as we come throughout the scriptures, and I preached about a month ago, a little over a month ago, on the subject matter of who do we pray to? And some people, they would, they would, they would have the opinion that, that they can go pray to that tree out there. Now, I'll say this, I don't think I would go pray to the tree. If, if that's what you desire, then you have every right. It's cold out there. The only thing the tree has ever done for me is cause more work. And because it drops its leaf and its fruits all over the place, that's got to be picked up, but it's also provided warmth. But you know, with that warmth, and my dad always said this, and it didn't make it any better. We always had a wood stove growing up. He said, look how much is being provided, just that one cord of wood. And it wasn't one cord of wood. We went through eight cord every year. My dad had the kids. He said, think about how many times that, that, that wood is actually warming you up when you cut it, when you split it, when you pile it, when you carry it, then finally when you burn it, and then when you have to take the ashes, and he says, go spread them on the end of the driveway, because that's what we do with wood ashes. You put them back on the driveway to be able to help with the ice that you're slipping all over the place. See, I just taught you something this morning, didn't I? And so over and over and over, and I'm thinking, I see a tree, I see firewood, it just brings back memories and too much work. Every one of us have this. Every one of us have things that we go through. And listen, I reminded us a few weeks ago on who we pray to. And we have the model prayer that just about everybody would be able to, has memorized and be able to quote this morning, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And understanding right at the very beginning of that on who it is that we're praying to. I'm thankful this morning that I am praying to someone that actually has the ability and the desire to be able to do something about it. Now, I'm not praying to a carved out rock. They can't do anything for me. But I am thankful I'm praying to someone who has the power and the ability to actually make a difference. Now, I noticed a couple things as I look down through here that I'll share with us this morning. First of all, I see that praying must be continual. Praying must be continual. I see at the beginning of verse number 18 where the Bible says, praying always. Now, I believe there's two applications here. First of all, that there is never a time that we stop praying and calling out to the Lord. You see, prayer has been described previously as almost a 911 system, or they've described prayer as a spare tire, or they've described prayer as just a jack for your car that you never use it, it's always right there, and you pull it out in a time of emergency, but until then, it just stays in the back and we don't need it. Can I say that's not how prayer to the almighty God in heaven ought to be? Can I remind us that prayer ought to be continual, that it's not just a matter of walking inside of a building and have to wait to get there in order to pray? How many have ever prayed driving down the street before? Do not bow your head and close your eyes. 
when you're driving down the street in order to pray, okay? You can pray. Do you know, and, and let me just share this with you, do you know there's no place in the Bible that says you have to close your eyes to pray? You say, why do we do that? Boy, I, got, I, I can look around now at everybody else that's doing that. Hey, here's why I do it. This is personally for me. I get too distracted. <laughs> and so I don't mind closing my eyes when I go to pray unless, I'll tell you the one time, and I know we're live streaming, I was asked this this past week of all the time I spend in jail and all the time in prison. If you're visiting today, I'm in there preaching, okay? Of all the time I spend in, it is in there to be able to preach and, and to be able to share Bible lessons, be able to spend time, counsel, whatever's needed inside there, we're in there. But someone asked me, because I've been in some, some pretty rough places, not here in New Hampshire, pretty rough places across this country and around this world, walking inside a prison to be able to have church services. And they say, do you bow your head and close your eyes when you're inside there? When you got, when you got 200 people sitting in an auditorium inside of a prison, inside of a gymnasium, do you bow your head and close your eyes? I said, honestly, during that time, I pray with one eye open. Is that wise to do? That's that's, that's wise to do. Pray with one eye open when I'm in there. Listen, we're not talking about you having to sit in a certain place. We're not talking about you having to bow your head and close your eyes when it comes to praying, even though that's a wonderful thing to do because it eliminates these distractions that are all around us. But I've talked to the Lord and just had time in prayer when I'm driving down the road, when I'm hiking up a mountain, spending some time with the Lord, meditating on scripture, just just speaking to him. Listen, it needs to be continual, not just at a, at a set time and place and say, well, I can't pray because it's not six o'clock in the morning. I can't pray because it's not noontime. I can't pray because I'm not in church uh, at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. No, you can spend time praying. Now, this is a great place to come and pray. But you don't have to wait till you get here to spend time in prayer. Prayer ought to be continual. I believe that this application, it describes the timeline of our praying. We ought to be praying always, but it also describes the elements that ought to be or the characteristics of our prayer. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication. So all the time, our prayers ought to have, yes, it ought to be prayer, which is simply talking to the Lord, but this matter of supplication, that definition of that word uh, uh, specifically means a specific request or topic that you're praying about. And so when we come before the Lord and we're spending time in prayer, it's not just that we're there talking about nothing. It's that we're actually praying, having a conversation with the Lord, but then it includes supplication. We ought to always be becoming, coming before the Lord specifically about what we're praying about. Remember what the Bible says, 1 Thessalonians, Paul wrote it, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 17, that Paul said that we are to pray without ceasing. Does that mean 24 hours a day we can't sleep, we can't eat, we can't do anything else, we have to spend all of our time in prayer? No. Would have a hard time praying when you're sleeping, wouldn't you? But I believe what it does mean is, listen, we ought to continually be in an attitude and a spirit and a right relationship of prayer before the Lord. Now, let me ask you this. How many have found out that battles and situations and hardships in our lives, they don't ever stop, do they? Well, it's a great reminder we ought to be praying always, shouldn't we? 
It's a great reminder that in the midst of all this, that we have our, our armor that we're supposed to be putting on. But when you put that armor on, don't forget to stop and pray. We ought to be praying continually. You say, well, what does prayer, prayer do? If we truly believe in the God of heaven, then listen, he's all powerful and he's just going to do what he desires to do and what his will is anyway. Yes, there is a God in heaven. And yes, but can I say this? Prayer doesn't always just change God, but I found out that prayer changes me. Prayer changes me. You say, what do you mean? There's been times, boy, I've been full of anxiety. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands that you've had anxiety. You've had worries. You've had fears. And listen, there's absolutely nothing that you can do about it. It might be about a situation a thousand miles away, or might be a situation across the living room. And you say, I can't do a thing about that. But I have found out this, that when I spend some time in prayer, it's actually an acknowledgement of my dependence upon a God in heaven. And what it does, if we were to take the time, and we'll get to it on Thursday nights when we get over into, into Philippians chapter number four, we start seeing that, listen, by spending time in prayer, what that does is bring a peace upon and in my heart. That, listen, I may not be able to change it, but now I've got peace going through it. And now it, it's still just as earth shaken. You know, I, I found out this when we have loved ones that have passed away. Now, I was standing beside the, the, the bedside of my dad almost five years ago now, and I uh, was holding his hand, and he took his last breath, went out into eternity. I believe he's in heaven today, according to his testimony, according to the, what the Bible says. You know, we were gathered around, the family was gathered around there, my mom was there, my dad took his last breath and uh, went out into eternity, and I know some of you have been there in places like that. Do you know what we did about 30 seconds later? I said, why don't we have a word of prayer? And we're all gathered around and holding dad's hands, holding everybody else's hands, loving on each other, crying on each other's shoulders. I said, why don't we have a word of prayer? Can I say this? That word of prayer did not bring my dad back to life. I didn't get done praying and all of a sudden my, my dad opened his eyes and said, well, thank you for praying. It didn't happen like that. But you know what it did for me and, and, and I believe what it did for the family is it didn't change the situation that was taking place, but it sure changed me. And it sure helped me through all of that. Prayer ought to be continual. There's never a time that we ought not to be ready to be able to go before the Lord in prayer. You say, Pastor, do you believe in prayer that much? I really do. I really do believe in prayer that when we bow our heads to be able to pray, and I'm not talking about praying to a rock now or praying to the tree that caused me all that agony, Okay. I'm talking about praying to Almighty God in heaven. I believe that a difference can be made. Now, I also said this, lest you think, well, prayer is the answer for everything. It does change me. I also did tell someone one day as we were talking about it, they said, well, you preachers, that was including me, just believe that you can throw a Bible or throw a prayer at anything and it's going to make a difference. 
And I said, well, there are some situations. I said, let me explain this. It was actually in the point of, of recovery and addiction, addiction recovery. And I said, I'm also smart enough to know. I said that if someone's laying on the ground and they're overdosing, I said, me throwing a Bible or reading a verse of scripture to them at that point, I said, isn't going to make a difference. I said, we got to help them. And I said, make a difference. I said, I'm going to pray through that situation and say, God, please don't take their life right now. Help me to be able to bring them back. Help me to be able to be a blessing to them. And I said, I'm going to continue to pray afterwards. I said, you know something, if someone's laying there convulsing, I said, I'm not going to look at him and say, well, you know, all things work together for good to them that love God. I said, that's not the time to be reading that verse. That's not the time to pull out the Bible and say, okay, that's what you got to read. No, that's not the time. I'm going to be praying saying, God, would you help them? God would just strengthen them. I just believe there's power in prayer. You say, well, people pray to a lot of things. Can I remind us about Acts chapter number 17 when Paul got over there to the city of Athens? Listen, the Bible tells us that there were, there were idols set up all across that city and they were praying to just about everything that they could imagine. And just in case they missed one, we have recorded that Paul come up on him and said, I saw, I saw an altar to the unknown God. And he said, he's the one that I want to tell you about. You can pray to a lot of things. You can pray to a lot of people. But I will say there's one that I've prayed to continually that I know that can make a difference. And it may not change the situation, but it'll change me in the situation. But then I also noticed this. He said in verse number 18, not only is prayer continual, but I believe that praying must be concentrated. And I'm not going to ask who has a problem because my hand would be the first one to go up that when you try to spend some time in prayer before the Lord, boy, your mind goes a hundred different directions, doesn't it? And we try to get quiet just for a moment and say, Lord, I, I really, boy, they, they really need me to pray. I got a text this week, said, would you pray for our grandson? Gave me his name and said, would you pray for him? I said, I will. And uh, I've asked the Lord as he constantly, and probably in the past three days, he's come to my mind at least eight times and uh, be able to pray for him specifically right then. Because I'm like you, my mind's going a thousand miles an hour and I'm thinking about everything else. But here's what he said here in verse number 18. He said, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now understand this word watching. I went back and looked at Noah Webster's de uh, uh, definition of that word watching. Here's what he says. Watching means being awake, guarding, attending the sick, or carefully observing. That's what he said, the word watching back in the, in the Noah Webster's dictionary, what the word watching means, carefully observing. In other words, concentrated on that. And notice what he said here, watching with all perseverance. Do you understand perseverance and what the meaning of it? When I think of perseverance, I think of words like steadfastness, of commitment, of dedication, of endurance. I believe praying must be concentrated. You say, what do you mean? Well, when I think about families in our church, and I'm using myself as an example, when I think of families and individuals in our church, can I say I don't just approach my, my prayer time when I'm praying for you and say, God, would you just bless all the people that come to Granite State Baptist Church? Boy, that'd make it a whole lot quicker, wouldn't it? 
doesn't do that. See, I've got this wonderful directory on my phone. And go down through my directory and it'll, it'll pull up families and your, your pictures right there. Now, I have the privilege of knowing things, and this is not, listen, don't get nervous now, okay? Of knowing things about our families that maybe other people don't know. Don't know some things that are taking place, some battles that they're facing, some situations that they're going through. And I want to come down through and listen, I want my praying to be concentrated and I want to be watching, but with all perseverance and endurance and commitment and dedication that it's pointed praying saying, God, would you help in this specific situation? I've made mention of it. It was said to be able to make mention of it publicly. Been praying this week specifically. Brother Andrew just got the notice in the past week that, listen, he needs to find another apartment and find a place to be able to live specifically, pinpointed, saying, God, would you help all those people that need housing? No, that's not how it's being approached. God, would you help him? Would you put the right place in front of him? God, would you take care of him? Help him in this search through this. Listen, understanding, praying ought to be concentrated. It ought to be pinpointed. It takes dedication. It takes endurance. How many have found out that praying actually takes some work? It takes some work. It takes some time. And I understand if you've got time and you're, you're just driving down the road, but the time set aside, be able to pray for our, our leaders in our state. And, and yeah, not just saying it because he's here, but our law enforcement, our, our first responders, those that are, that are in dangerous places and positions on a regular basis. Listen, that takes time and concentration to be able to pray through that. But Paul said this, when you are praying and you're dressed with that armor, and you are spending time in prayer, make sure that you're watching with all perseverance and supplication. And notice what he says here, for all saints. Do you understand he's not even making mention here about praying for themselves or praying for myself? He's talking about in our prayer time, making sure we're praying for everybody else. You know, it was already mentioned um, throughout this morning. I wrote about it in the bulletin and it was, it was sung about just all of this. It was, it was read in, in, in the, uh, where'd you read this morning about loving our enemies? I'm trying to think of the, the passage. What is it? Luke six. I almost said Luke. And I said, as soon as I say that, it's going to be wrong. And I said, it, it was made mention of there. Listen on how much all of this is supposed to be for others. And you say, well, I don't, I don't know about all that stuff. I wrote about it in the bulletin this morning. Do you realize this is a great reminder on weekends like this? to actually think about others and pick up a phone call, pick up a phone, dial a number, say, hey, I just wanted to check in on you. Make sure that you're okay. Did you make it through? I know we got some cold weather. Is everything okay there at the house? Everything all right? Hey, it's a great time to be remembering and thinking about others. Yeah, we got some here. Their pipes are still frozen. We got some, they've had some, some burst pipes. Yes, that takes place. It's a, it's a great time to be remembering and thinking, and it brings it to the forefront about think about others. And all this praying, it ought to be concentrated. You know what I believe taking place all the way down through here is I believe over and over throughout the scriptures, it's not all about thinking about us. 
but it's all about, hey, what can we pray about for someone else? What can we love on for someone else? What can we have the attention? It was read this morning that we ought to be doing unto others as we'd have them do unto us. Hey, listen, he's saying here, even in our prayer life, make sure that we're praying for others. And then finally, I'll give us this this morning, kind of dovetails right into it. As we look at it, I believe that praying ought to be compassionate. Praying ought to be compassionate. He says for all saints, but then Paul took the opportunity in verse number 19, and he starts out in verse number 19 and says, and for me. Do you understand how many times in the Apostle Paul's writings throughout the New Testament that he encouraged and he actually gave those that church or those Christians something specific for them to be able to pray for in his life? It ought to be compassionate. And for me, let me ask you this. What are the other things in other people's lives that you can be praying for this week? Health, there we go. There, there's, a, there's a major one. If we were to start down front here and go person by person, every one of us, whether in our lives or in someone we know, we could probably bring up a health issue, couldn't we? We could probably bring up a, a financial issue. It could be a housing issue. It could be, listen, a personal relationship issue. Paul's saying, listen, here's a specific uh, um, situation for me that you can be praying for but I thought, what is it in other people's lives? You know, there's no need for me to pray for the Apostle Paul today, for him to be able to have utterance, to be able to preach the way that he should. Now, there's a good reason for that. You say you're not very compassionate to pray for the Apostle Paul. No, the Apostle Paul was almost 2,000 years ago. He's not walking upon the face of the earth anymore. There'd be no reason for me to pray and say, give the Apostle Paul a good day. He's having one. But I believe the lesson that we can be learned from this is Paul is saying, listen, when you're praying and you're praying for all saints, here's what you can specifically pray for me, not our own needs, but the needs and desires of others above our own. When was the last time we spent more, more time praying for other people and what needs are in their life than we have actually thinking about ourselves. Now listen, understanding this is all in the context of being in the battle, in the situation, in things that are taking place in our lives, spiritual warfare that people are getting attacked for and on every front things are coming at you. And he says, really, in the midst of all that, spending time praying? Yes, because I believe that does more to change the inside of us than anything else it does. I'm saying, Lord, would you help us in this subject matter of of praying, even in the battle, don't forget to pray. And you say, well, I can only pray for myself for so long. Hey, listen, pick up another 170 people. Start praying for them. Start taking their needs before the Lord. Just like Paul said, when you're praying, as for me, here's what I want you to pray for. What about in our lives? What do you have right now that you can look around and say, you know something? I'm praying for them in this area. I'm praying for them to be able to make this application. Now listen, as we examine the battle and situations that every person is going through, don't forget to pray. Not every person's going through the same battle, but you know something? Every one of us can pray to the same God. 
Well, you don't understand what I'm going through. No, but we can talk to the same person. (laughs) And he knows what each and every one of us are going through. Every person will have specifics to pray about. But let's make sure through everything that we're praying. What's the one thing we forget to do? Oh, we get up in the hustle and bustle of life and get going throughout the day and come to the end of the day and realize, I didn't even spend any time in prayer today. I didn't talk to the Lord one time, not one bit. Of course, the one prayer, and I don't want to close without saying this, the one prayer that God desires to hear from everybody is the the prayer of repentance and faith toward God, isn't it? Why aren't you thankful for the day when the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved? Why aren't you thankful for the day that, listen, when we acknowledge I can't get to heaven on my own and we understand that, that no matter what a religion will tell us, no matter what other people will tell us, that there's no amount of good works that are going to be enough to be able to get me in heaven, you say, well, I always believed that it was good works and I'm, I'm trying to do all that I can to be able to get there. Hey, the Lord made it a whole lot simpler than that. He made it so simple. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. And he said, if you'll simply believe that Jesus died for our sins because we're sinners. He was buried and he rose again the third day, confessing with our mouth. Guess what? It's true and believe it. Can I say the Bible says that's how we have a relationship with the Lord. So some people try to spend a lifetime praying without ever having a relationship with who they're praying to. And I'm thankful for a Savior in heaven. I'm thankful for the Lord that through all of this, he said, listen, you may be fighting a battle today. And no, once again, I'm not asking for a show of hands because I know if I would have said, how many are facing a situation today? I think every hand would go up. Probably both hands would go up. I'd have to put my leg up with my five toes on one foot and just say, hey, we've got them. You wouldn't be able to number them all. But can I encourage us with this right here? God knows exactly where you're at, exactly what situation you're going through that's different than the person sitting next to you. He knows what they're going through. You say, well, I don't believe that just any person can know all of that. Well, that's a good thing because God's not a person. He's God. And he knows all of that. And he understands what you're going through. And he encourages, encourages us on this subject matter. Listen, God knows. And get all dressed up for battle and have your helmet of salvation, have your shield of faith, have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Have all of that, but don't forget to pray. Don't forget to pray. Don't forget. You say, Pastor, is it going to change a whole lot? Might not change the situation, but it'll change me. And I believe there's others here that can attest to that. Listen, it just gives that peace that passeth all understanding. I had an older preacher say this. He said, I don't know. He said, what I'll be remembered for. He said, but here's what I want to be remembered for. He said, I want to be remembered for praying. And he pastored and was on staff at a church 42 years. And he said, my two words, he said, that I always wanted to come back to, he said, when anybody would walk up to me and say, Pastor, I've got this situation, I've got this. He said, I can't, 
I can't change that situation. He said, I can't bring that loved one back from the dead. He said, I can't heal him. He said, I, I'm, I, I'm not that. He said, I can tell him to get to a doctor. I can tell him to, and point him the right direction. He said, but I can't change a thing. He said, but I can look at him and say, let's pray. Let's pray. Those two words. And I thought, listen, don't forget. You can have your helmet, have your shield, have the breastplate of righteousness, be all ready to go. But if we forget to pray, then we're missing, I believe, one of the most important aspects of everything that we're facing is spending time in prayer. And so who is it today? I, I pray that the challenge would be this, that you would say, okay, I'm praying for a lot of things in my life, but I wonder if it would include the for all saints. I wonder who you would be able to say, I'm praying for this person for this and for that person for that. And you have others on your heart and mind that it's not just selfishness. It's not just, hey, this is all about me and nobody else. No, it's spending time in prayer and we're doing it for other people. And then compassionate, and I believe what it is, someone gave a, a definition of compassion one day that said, compassion is your hurt in my heart. And I've never forgotten that. And I thought when it comes to our praying, let's pray for others like that situation they're going through is actually happening to me. And that I'm part of that and I need to pray earnestly for them and I need to love on them and I need to tell them I'm praying for them and I need to pray with them and for them. Hey, what's a church family for other than that anyway? To be able to be an encouragement and a blessing, be praying one for another, be helping one another.